This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. Thanks for listening to the morning run. You're with Julian Ng, Joyce Go, and Charles Abdullah. In about half an hour's time is the Breakfast Grill, where Chuang will speak to the CEO of Malaysia Reinsurance, Burhad Zainuddin Ishak. And uh, they will discuss the performance of the company, which is the key subsidiary of uh, the publicly listed MNRB. Now, on to uh, some of the other major international headlines. Uh, China will uh, create its, its own version of the Silicon Valley, dubbed the Greater China Area. And uh, this is going to be hailed as an, a new new era of opening up. The uh, Greater Bay Area is pl- uh, a plan to promote economic cooperation between uh, some of uh, the major cities in China, including Hong Kong, Macau, and about nine cities in the Guangdong province. Yeah, this idea that a city, a city with an edge in financial services can complement a neighbour whose strength is in manufacturing, thereby boosting regional development. They will see Hong Kong, Macau, Shenzhen, and Guangzhou have been, you know, these are the cities that have been named as the key cities of the Bay Area's and engine for regional development. Yeah, so the 11 cities will combine to share advances in infrastructure, town planning and innovation and tech. So it's, I guess a lot of sharing of uh, streamlining a lot of things that they have there. And um, GDP numbers wise, I think uh, the blueprint identified five strategic orientations, including closer integration between mainland China, Hong Kong and Macau, while upholding the governing principle of one country, two systems for the two special administrative regions. So if you think about uh, how to put this into context, I mean, the Malaysia GDP is about one and a half trillion. Uh, that's about uh, 500 billion ringgit at current, uh, sorry, 500 billion US dollars at current exchange rates, right? I think not too long ago, uh, the GDP was around one trillion ringgit. Uh, some of these uh, cities in China, I mean, obviously, we're not, we're not going to say we're overtaking China in terms of GDP, but uh, <laughs> one city alone is the size of Malaysia's GDP, for example, Guangzhou, uh, 350 billion US dollars as of 2018. Hong Kong itself is about 340 billion. Uh, Shenzhen, 360 billion in terms of GDP. So they really have the might uh, to make mm. this kind of cooperation actually work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for for you know, just for some confusion, the whole uh, two administration, I think in the international stage, Hong Kong, Macau, they've all referred themselves when they when they approach international meetings as in as as an economy, economies rather than, you know, one China as a country. Now, uh, but at the same time, it's, it, it really reflects China's aggressive ambition to become the tech sort of leader in the world. I think uh, they've made a lot of headway, for an example, especially in 5G now. I think a lot, you know, in, in many countries, uh, they have, you know, because of that, U.S. is also getting a bit more concerned and trying to intervene. Yeah, so this plan, I think it plans to consolidate and enhance Hong Kong's status as its international finance, transportation and trade centre, as well as international aviation hub. But the other core cities like Macau would be a tourism hub. Uh, Guangzhou would be um, take on the role as a provincial capital. And Shenzhen would play its part as you know special economic zone and home for China's innovation and tech giants. Yeah, but obviously this would raise a lot of concerns about autonomy because in Hong Kong, there's supposed to live leave Hong Kong alone for 50 years uh, from 1997 since the independence from uh, the UK. But now uh, the um, Hong Kong is worried about uh, China meddling in that one country, two systems uh, philosophy. Uh, however, Hong Kong's leader, Chief Executive Kerry Lum, 
has uh, rejected those concerns. She insisted that the central government has taken on board their concerns and views of the plans. Yeah, so with regards to the critics now, hours after the plan was published, pro-democracy lawmakers voiced their concern. Civic Party leader Alvin Yong-Kyu said that draft proce- uh, drafting process lacked transparency and the Hong Kongers uh, who will be most affected has been uh, consulted. With regards to Democratic Party Chairman Wu Chi Wai said that Lam had not fought for Hong Kong interests and the city could lose out to its neighbours. Yeah, I think the, uh, other, like, the pushback is also that the plan lacked concrete strategies as to how to reconcile differences between you know, the different um, cities in terms of social, economic and political systems involved. Um, yeah, it's huge. This plan is huge. But how are they going to execute it? Yeah, I think Malaysia also tried to form its version of the Silicon Valley uh, a few decades ago uh, under the previous um, you know, and current Prime Minister, Dr. Mahathir. And I think this is as much have been consigned uh, to the dustbin of failed uh, grand projects along with uh, Wawasan 2020, right? We haven't achieved those uh, objectives. And recently, ideas uh, came out uh, with a report uh, that Cyberjaya was a grand ambition that has ultimate, ultimately fallen short. And they said that the key reason for this, for this is that the government cannot create hubs from scratch. It needs to support what emerges naturally, mm-hmm. right? Uh, whether it's academic institution, an innovative society, a competitive society. In fact, uh, I think a few years ago, Wyatt also did a story on Malaysia's Cyberjaya with the title Inside Cyberjaya's Malaysia's Failed Silicon Valley. So this is the Wired magazine talking about our project. Yeah, so you're right about that in terms of uh, support that is needed. It's not just the infrastructure, it's also the people. Um, you need institution that produces sort of tech individuals. For example, what we have in Malaysia is just what we know of is was just multimedia university. And in Cyberjaya, there's also Limcock Wing, which is more skewed towards, um, you know, more design and, and uh, media rather than, uh, for example, software engineers and so forth. So I think all this contributes. And hence, there's also that is also the reason why we see, for example, companies like Grab. One of the reasons that they are in Singapore is because it's talent, really. Um, I, I don't know about talent? that. I, I don't know about that. I think One of the most, most, of the, most of the highest uh, could be Malaysia, right? Yeah. Uh, but, but I think that's for, for legal, uh, you know, contractual purposes. But uh, we can uh, hopefully get Grab onto mm-hmm. the grill and ask them that. Or, or maybe it just makes more business sense for them to, to have an office to move to Singapore compared to Malaysia. Yeah, but yeah, we definitely should get them on the grill. Okay, 742 Jet Airways India is India's biggest full-service airline and is selling a majority stake for one rupee. That's about one US cent. And uh, this is part of a bailout plan by the state-owned lenders to give the airline time to arrange for fresh equity. Uh, This arrangement is to be voted through tomorrow uh, with India's general election just weeks away. Yeah, so some background on the Jet Airways. uh, One of India's top three airlines in the past decade, 24% is owned by the Abu Dhabi Abu Dhabi Etihad's Airways and they have a market share of about 13.9% uh, and they fly to international destination which includes uh, London and Singapore. Yeah, so, you know, is, is this a sign of the times? Could be, I think they were impacted because of the rise of budget carriers into the market in the mid-2000s. I think Jet Airways also began to drop fares, some below cost price and, you know, looking at this uh, provincial taxes of as much as 30% on jet fuel also added to their expenses and, of course, price-conscious uh, consumers didn't want to pay premium for onboard meals and entertainment. They prefer budget fares and, you know, it's just to get from point A to point B. 
definitely impacted uh, this airline. So you might say that you know one cent buying over one uh, company for one cent is a steal, right? But not necessarily so, because what is happening here is that a lot of the debts that's being owed uh, to the banks will be converted into equity. In fact, uh, the uh, consortium of lenders would end up holding about 50% of um, um, the jet airways as a result of converting this huge amount of debt to equities. And that will give them some breathing space uh, to look for funding and to look for other shareholders so that uh, they can restructure. So it's a, a classic uh, company turnaround restructuring mm-hmm. situation. But a lot of jobs are at stake as well. Uh, and that's why the state of India is willing to actually embark on this bailout to uh, save about 23,000 jobs. Okay, uh, 7.45, we'll be coming back uh, with some local news on uh, the National Wage Index. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.